Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the city of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and today we're joined by Elizabeth Rozek, curator of the Henry F. Hauser Museum, and Ron Hyde, a local resident who is sharing his collection of ancient fossils with our community this summer. The Henry F. Hauser Museum will host Ron's collection of more than 500 fossil specimens and replicas in its Jurassic Wonders exhibit that opens on May 6th. Jurassic Wonders tells the story of ancient life dating back to 500 million year old trilobites, inviting visitors to voyage through prehistoric ecosystems and witness the evolution of life. The exhibit features six full-size dinosaur skeletons, mammoth fur and teeth, invertebrates, plants, and other prehistoric life from Cochise County and around the world. Today we'll talk to Ron to learn how he gathered this extraordinary collection and why he's so passionate about sharing ancient history with our community. Elizabeth will also share more details on the exhibit and associated events to enjoy this summer. Let's dig in! Hi Ron and Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having us. Uh, so Ron has already made my morning uh, because our little podcast table is covered in fossils and replicas and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so we're going to dive in and start talking about a few of the things that are going to be on display uh, starting May 6th, I believe, uh, at the Jurassic Wonders exhibit at the Henry F. Hauser Museum. Um, so, Ron, I'm just going to jump in the one that you wouldn't tell me what it was until the podcast started because I'm curious. But it looks like I'm hol holding a piece of a jawbone with some teeth or something poking yeah, out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, any guesses uh, what it might be? I, I don't know. I'd, I'll take guesses from the peanut gallery next to me, too, or... Well, I'll tell you, when Ron came into my office with that, I thought it looks like some kind of herbivore, but that was all I could figure out. Teeth do look like an herbivore, which I wasn't actually really thinking about this, but that's smart. I like it. Um, I, I don't. I have no idea past that, but it's it's kind of big. I mean, it's definitely not a small uh, it's critter. It's not a small creature. Um, yeah. You are exactly right. It is an herbivore. Um, so that's actually a fossil javelina jaw. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. And so that, along with uh, uh, 499 other fossils, are going to go on display um, at the museum. That is awesome. And let's talk about this larger jaw that is actually quite heavy as I pick it, it up. It is super heavy. So so is this a real fossil? Then? Yes, it is. Yeah, that absolutely is. And, and that one is as well. Yeah, don't drop it at him. Yeah, I know. Ron did share before the podcast, if it's lightweight, that's usually a replica. <laughs> and if it's heavier, it's an actual fossil. So, And it is quite a bit bigger than the javelina jaw. Yeah, and uh, so that actually is a fossil bison. So that uh, is uh, the bison that that came from is called Bison Antiquus. And it was a very large bison that lived in North America um, uh, in ancient times. And uh, the... Uh, modern-day bison that we have now or uh, descended from those uh, ancient bison, but they're smaller today than they were back then. Cool. Very interesting. Um, so some of the other stuff over by you, I see a, a, a standing replica of what looks like a... I, I don't know what it looks like. It definitely looks like a little dinosaur uh, with kind of like a bird beak-like uh, face a little bit. But uh, what is that guy? Are you talking about this one here? Yes. Yeah, I hope I, I hope I described it somewhat. <laughs> so this is uh, Jaholosaurus, and uh, Jaholosaurus uh, lived uh, during the uh, uh, early Cretaceous. So, uh, you know, more than, more than uh, probably around 95 to 100 million years ago. Um, and uh, so that is... Um, it was a little herbivore. This this guy was uh, very small, only about two feet long. Um, uh, so um, a lot of times when people think of dinosaurs, they think of these uh, gigantic uh, creatures. Um, but uh, 
um, the uh, the fossils that are um, going to go on display are all uh, small or medium sized. None of them are are huge or none of them are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it's a combination of actual fossils, uh, replicas, and then I think the one thing was three D printed, even right? Yeah, I do have a three D printed Velociraptor. It's full size, uh, so it's about six feet long. Oh, that is very neat. That will be fun to see, definitely. Yeah. Um, and what is what is this head over here with all the teeth and the very very long long beak like mouth there? Yeah. So um, this one here is uh, called a Borealosaurus. Um, any idea what it what it might have been? Uh, what it might have been, a Borealosaurus. Elizabeth, are you smarter than me? It looks like it eats meat. I, I can tell that. It does have the sharper teeth. Uh, Borealis, is that something to do with air? I was going to say a flying thing, too. So, okay. I learned something in my biology for liberal arts major. I did not pick on the the root word there at all. I was just going off of gut instinct for the record. But (laughs) yeah, so Borealosaurus actually was a uh, a pterosaur. Um, A lot of people think of them as pterodactyls. Um, So, this was not a dinosaur, it was a a pterosaur, which was a a flying um, reptile. Um, the uh, pterosaurs were the closest uh, relatives to the dinosaurs, but they weren't actually dinosaurs. Dinosaurs um, are uh, classified by their pelvic bones, and so there's uh, very specific pel- pelvic bones that they have to have in order to be dinosaurs. And so uh, uh, Borealosaurus was a uh, not a dinosaur, but it was uh, closely related to the dinosaurs. Interesting. It looks a little terrifying. I'm yes. Not lie. Uh, this one actually... <laughs> The teeth are huge. I yeah. mean, they're absolutely huge, and it it uh, it fed on fish. And so, a lot of times, you'll see uh, pescivores, um, fish eaters, have very long, sharp um, teeth. And so, um, whatever this ate was very likely um, fish. Makes sense. Yeah, the the teeth in the front, in particular, are very long, and then they get shorter and stubbier on the way back. It yeah. looks like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you would not want to be grabbed by one of those. Right. Right, and and this is another fossil that will be um, on exhibit uh, at the Henry Hauser Museum. So awesome! Uh, do you have any other favorites out of out of all the stuff you've laid out on the table here in front of us? Well, one of these here, um, if I can pull it out, um, this is um, I think of interest to a large number of people. Um, I don't know if you can um, see this very well, but um, it's can. actually a, a, a T Rex tooth. Oh, wow. And so um, we've got a T-Rex tooth, and, and that will be on display as well. Um, I do like uh, the teeth. Um, um, I think that uh, those are um, pretty special for me. Um, whenever you find a, a dinosaur tooth somewhere, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is really cool. Um, but then, of course, I have, um, over the years, I've found many other really cool things. One of the things that I really like are um, these things, and I'll, I'll just show you. Any idea what that might be? Man, I didn't expect to, to get so many quiz questions today so early in the morning. Glad Elizabeth is here to help me. Um, it, yeah, I, I have no idea, to be quite honest. Uh, so it looks, uh, you know, it looks basically just like a, a rock. You I was going to say sort like a petrified a, piece of something. It, it actually is a, a, a scoot from a glyptodont, and glyptodonts were giant armadillos. I was so going to guess that. That lived uh, <laughs> uh, during the Ice Age, and um, um, Cochise County had um, several glyptodont species that actually lived um, in this area. And so this area... Um, has a very uh, rich fossil life. And so um, a lot of times when I go out hiking, I will find little things and I'll be like, ooh, what is this? And very often I'll have to go online and look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, just just see exactly uh, what it was. But uh, uh, glyptodonts were gigantic. Uh, they were about the size of a uh, like a like a like a about the size of a Volkswagen slug bug type vehicle. Like they were huge. Um, and uh, but their their um, their closest living relative is the modern day armadillo, the, the little ones that you see on the side of the road. I can see Elizabeth wants to chime in, but what is a scoot? I have to ask. Did you want to ask that too, Elizabeth? Well, I was going to ask that and then another and then brag on myself. So go ahead, Ron. What is a scoot? So a scoot is part of the um, armor. So like the, the, the outside covering of the animal. So like when an armadillo sort of, uh, you know, rolls up into a ball, there's that, there's that outer cover there, that hard armor plating and, and those scoots um, are part of that armor plating. Uh-huh, interesting. That, that is so cool. And I just want to add, also, I felt really cool last week. I was in D.C. at the uh, Smithsonian um, Museum of Natural History, and I saw a glyptodont, big glyptodont, like, skeletal fossil. And I was so excited. I'm like, I know what that is. That's a glyptodont. Like, <laughs> so thank you, Ron. Thank Glenn Minuth also. We'll be doing a speaker presentation on those. That's awesome. I, I'm so glad that came in handy during your trip. That's wonderful. That's awesome. My kids were impressed. So everyone should check out the exhibit this summer so you too can feel as smart as Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you actually find that out hiking then in Cochise County? Or um, was yes. It... So wow, not, the, cool. not these particular ones. Um, these ones I found in Florida. Uh, but there's uh, two others in here that are actually uh, Arizona native uh, um, scoots from glyptodonts in this area. Very neat. Yeah, I would never, never see that when I'm hiking. I would never notice that. I think you must. Yeah, and probably, an eye. <laughs> probably every day we're walking by fossils and we never notice them because you know they just look like little pieces of whatever. We just think that they're rocks and we just move on. Um, but uh, one thing that you can do um, that is um, pretty cool is if you have um, certain types of black lights, you can go out at night and find um, fossils that happen to glow in the dark, um, and so. That is one easy way of finding fossils. Another really good way to find fossils is to, um, especially after monsoon, if you go out during the summer months and you just go and walk um, through washes, you will find things like jaws and teeth that have washed their way um, downhill during the, during the monsoon, and you will notice them and you will spot them. And so it's, it's always possible to find them that way as well. Man, I'm actually going to remember this when I go hiking now, I feel like. <laughs> well, I know, and I think I'll be inviting Ron hiking. Like, come on, Ron, let's go on an adventure. Absolutely. So I I, I, um, I do occasionally find things, and, and so that's pretty cool. Um, I do want to mention also that um, I did uh, find some of these in rock shops where I was like, oh, this is really cool. I've got to have this. So I've um, purchased some at rock shops as well, but... Um, very often I will, um, I will just, you know, be hiking and I will find some little thing. And usually it's like a half a tooth or, you know, something like that. And it's pretty cool. A lot of times I also find things that I'm like, what is this? And it's really not identifiable. And I just end up, you know, it just ends up in a box in my house. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery box of fossils. That's right. <laughs> well, it's, it's not just one box. I'm not gonna... <laughs> There's quite a few. I believe you. <laughs> Um, and I didn't know fossils glow in the dark, so I don't want to get too sidetracked, but what, what fossils glow in the dark and why? So not yeah. all fossils glow yeah. in the dark, but some fossils will glow in the dark. And if you have, um, 
uh, you need a certain type of black light in order for it to show up. But just like, um, for example, how like a, a scorpion will show up um, under a black light, um, some types of fossils will also uh, glow under certain um, spectrums of, of ultraviolet light. And so it's kind of easy to uh, point them out when you, when you have like a, a black light. But it has to be a specific wavelength. So a, a standard black light usually doesn't work. Um, there does have to be uh, a certain range, and I forget what that actual range is. But yeah, people can Google that. But that's that's fascinating. I had no idea. Um, so, what what sparked this interest for you? Um, I, I I imagine that there was you know it, it started quite a while ago. But uh, if you could kind of share the story of um, uh, kind of how you got interested in in fossils and ancient history. Okay. Well, when I was uh, five years old, um, I was walking along a uh, gravel road with my older cousin Matt. And he, um, we were walking along, um, it was uh, a road that had just been regraveled, and he kept bending down and kept picking a rock up and sticking it in his pocket. And I said, uh, Matt, what are, you, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just picking up little fossils. And I said, what? What? And he said, oh, yeah, look, um, look at this little fossil. And I looked at him and they looked like little little screws, little, um, they looked like cement screws is kind of what they looked like. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I started bending down and I started picking him out of the, the gravel as well. And when we got back to his farmhouse, I took all of those fossils and I dumped them out of my pockets onto the table. And my mom said, what are you doing with all of those fossils? Or what are you doing with all those rocks in your pocket? You're going to ruin my washing machine. And I said, um, and I said, oh, they're, they're fossils. And she said, well, get rid of them. And I said, mom, we, we can't get rid of them. They're part of prehistoric life. We have to keep them. We've got to preserve them for future generations. And uh, so she let me keep the fossils. But she said, you know, we can't, you can't put them in your pockets. Um, let's get a shoebox. So we got a little shoebox, and that is where my, my collection started. And so that is where I started collecting. And then um, I would get, um, you know, maybe fossils for gifts and birthdays, for Christmas or whatever. And the collection just sort of um, built from there and uh, sort of grew. That's awesome. I'm curious, do you have any of those fossils you picked up that day to this day? I have a few of them. Um, I've lost some over the years, unfortunately, but... Um, I, I do have quite a few, um, from that, um, early period as well. So that is really neat. Um, so yeah. And you also mentioned, I think you've gone on professional digs as well. Um, so what, what have you discovered there? How does that kind of work? So, um, I am a member of the, uh, paleontology society and I'm also a member of the national center for science education. And so, um, um, I do keep regular um, updates on what's going on in the in the uh, prehistoric world. And so when there are uh, fossil digs that I'm aware of um, in this area, I've also been to uh, fossil digs up up in uh, Payson and some in New Mexico. Um, and uh, and of course, uh, anytime I'm in any area, I check out the rock shops just to see what they've um, pulled up in their area. Um, Colossal Cave has a really nice uh, rock shop um, and, uh, so sometimes I, um, if I'm driving up to Tucson, I'll just stop there just to look at the cool fossils and occasionally purchase, you know, maybe like a couple of trilobites or something just, uh, just because I, I love trilobites. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is so awesome. And, uh, Elizabeth, if you kind of share, um, kind of 
how this exhibit came to be. Um, I imagine Ron kind of proposed it, or how did it kind of kind of happen? Absolutely. I was just sitting at my desk one day, and Ron came in and had these fossils, was telling me about them, just like you here. It was so exciting and so fun. And a lot of, you know, guessing, oh, what do you think this is? What do you think that is? And I was enamored. I, you know, I was never really that into dinosaurs as a kid so much. But I think you're never too old to really nerd out about prehistoric life and especially the history of our uh, natural world in this area. And so it was just so fun to sit there. I mean, as you see today, Adam, as a lot of you will see when you come to the museum, to just really geek out on all this amazing personal collection. And he proposed it. I had different ideas and I threw them out. He said, no, we're doing this. So I was just absolutely thrilled that Ron came in. Absolutely. And yeah, you talked about the history of our local area. Um, Ron, if you could you could speak to um, how rich of a fossil history we have here. I mean, I'm loosely familiar with a couple of the mammoth kill sites, I, I know. Um, and I know we will have some mammoth um, fur and teeth on display as part of the exhibit, I believe, yes, right? absolutely. There will be fur, there will be teeth. So, absolutely. So, um, um, many people here um, in the Sierra Vista area um, don't know about our uh, rich fossil history, but we are the only site in the world where Sonorosaurus has been found. We are the only place on this planet where that particular genus of dinosaur has ever been located. And so um, it's uh, it's not just, uh, um, you know, mammoths, um, but, you know, uh, Sonorosaurus was found in the Whetstone Mountains just a few miles from Sierra Vista. And, uh, you know, um, many uh, dinosaur um, partial elements have been found in this area. And of course, We've got uh, the uh, the mammoth sites here. There's two mammoth uh, kill sites that are um, just just to the east of Sierra Vista. But then uh, mammoth skulls have also been found on Fort Huachuca. Um, and I actually talked with the widow of the the guy who actually found the uh, the skull on post. Uh, but then um, you know, what people don't know is that mammoths have been found uh, throughout Cochise County. And um, there are um, over a dozen um, mammoth sites in Cochise County, including um, nearly a dozen sites just in Double Adobe alone. Very neat. Yeah. And one of the easiest to access um, and most well known is uh, the Murray Springs Clo Clovis site, um, which I think is a National Historic Landmark. Uh, and folks can give that a Google and find out how to access it. It is just east of town. It's a little short hike uh, to the actual kill site. And there's a little bit of information out there as well. Um, so if you want to check that out, it is uh, definitely worth a look. Yeah, and it's it's not just that one. Um, actually, there's a uh, um, one um, just in the Palominas area, the the Leonard one as well. And so uh, this area was um, um, inhabited by Paleo peoples, um, you know, um, into historic times. And uh, so the San Pedro River Valley was very important to those people. And so, um, you know, you will you will definitely um, um, notice that a lot of uh, a lot of the fossils that we find are actually uh, coterminous with um, with the uh, uh, river valleys um, in this area. Gotcha. Um, and since you mentioned the Sonorosaurus, I think that's a good point to mention some of the the programs Elizabeth has coming up. 
because I believe one of the first ones is a talk about the Sonorosaurus. Is that right? It absolutely is. I'm so excited about this one. On Thursday, May 4th at 1 p.m., put it in your calendars, our lovely adult services librarian, Susan Aubend, has Rich Thompson, who discovered the Sonorosaurus, coming to do a talk at the speaker presentation at the library. This is our state dinosaur. As Ron said, only one fossil of it has ever been discovered here in the Whetstone Mountains. So we are thrilled to welcome him. And we have a lot of other really cool programs also. We talked about Glipstance. We have Glenn Minuth coming to give a speaker presentation on that. Also in May, this one is Saturday, May 13th at 1 p.m. at the Ethel Berger Center. We, and then we have a lot of other kind of offshoot, fun, recreational, you know, targeted towards different populations and things that they might enjoy, including a dinosaur trivia night I'm really excited about. That's on Wednesday, June 21st at the Ethel Burger Center, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. And it's like a family trivia night. We're going to have gift bags for all the kids who come through. We're going to have fun door prizes. So even if you're not good at trivia, you might win something. A grand prize for the absolute winner of that. That's going to be a great time. We have like a dinosaur coaster program where kids ages, I think it's 8 to 13, can come in and use what are called uh, transfers, underglazed transfers. You just like little images of dinosaurs with a sponge under the coaster and you can paint them we'll fire them put a cork back on them and have them ready for you later it's only ten dollars uh, you know person for that one most of these are free sometimes we do have to charge a nominal fee um and if you really want to know more about all the great programs that we're going to have and things going on this summer with the jurassic wonders exhibit then you can come check us out at west fest i'll have a table there i'll even be in one of those inflatable t-rex costumes for a little bit and uh, we also have a wonderful website that you can access all that information. Uh, and by the way, West Pass is on Saturday, April 29th from 3 to 9. So come out to the West End along Fry Boulevard for that street fair. Yes. And Adam's also going to chime in with the website address because I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So head to sierravistaaz.gov uh, forward slash Jurassic dash wonders. So that's forward slash Jurassic dash wonders. You can also just navigate to the Henry F. Hauser Museum homepage and you'll see it on the left-hand side. That has a list of all the awesome programs coming up and more information on how to participate in something that I'm going to have Elizabeth talk about now, which is the Prehistoric Passport Program. So what is that and how does that work? That is a great way for folks to come enjoy our amazing programs and win prizes and learn more too. Because of course, we're all about education with our recreation. So what happens is you show up to any of the... Um, prehistoric passport programs that we have and there are going to be some at the library the pottery studio uh, we're even going to have a dive-in movie at the cove and you'll scan a qr code there and it'll take you to a website with a code word for that program we'll have the passports available there you'll take your passport write down the program write down the code word once you attend three you can redeem it at the museum for a prize and if you attend five or more, you'll get entered to win a grand prize. And as a bonus to really get people coming and excited, every program you attend above that five, you'll get an extra entry in for the grand prize. That sounds like a lot of fun and it's a really cool idea. 
Um, but there's also another another cool thing that I want you to talk about is the uh, Junior Paleontologist Labs. And I guess that will be part of the exhibit. Is that right? Yeah. So last year when we did the ocean exhibit, we did like a little art station because it was all about scientific illustrations. So we gave kids the opportunity to make their own scientific illustrations and hang them in the museum. And it was so incredibly popular. The kids loved it. I had multiple families who came back again and again and kept being able to learn more and explore more. And a lot of that was because their kids wanted to enjoy that area. So this time we are taking that and turning it into two little, a little junior paleontologist fossil labs. So we will have a fossil dig area in there where kids can dig around to find their own real fossils that we have purchased. And then they can match them to little fossil cards and learn more about what they've just dug up. We will also have an area where you can do charcoal rubs for the different dinosaur images that you can take home or you can leave to hang there. And we might, for a limited time, do a little area where you can excavate your own um, pretend little fossil digs. So we're working on that as well. And we have cute little lab coats and lanyard ID cards. We'll give out about 90 lanyard ID cards for kids to take home to the first, like, 90 kids that come. Oh, cool. And then after that, we're going to have a few that are available just to wear while you're in there with your little lab coat to really complete that experience. That's awesome. That way you can kind of replicate that enthusiasm that Ron had as a kid finding his first fossil. That sounds so neat, actually. Um, but yeah, uh, Ron, uh, I mean, listening to you talk um, about this area and about river valleys and how many mammoths were here and, and ancient peoples. I mean, it already makes me as I was kind of walking in this morning, I was kind of thinking about that and just how developed it is now versus like what it was like back then and just what life must have been like back then and just the kind of the flora and fauna and also the the people and how they interacted with that environment. Um, so I already started to kind of think about that just because we're doing this today. But um, talk about, you know, why people should check out this exhibit and how learning about ancient history kind of enriches enriches our lives uh, to maybe look look at the world a little differently. Uh, well, I think that we definitely look at the world uh, differently um, when we realize that, uh, you know, um, you know, for example, ancient peoples came through this area and ancient peoples came through this area because there were giant animals at that time that lived in this area and, um, you know, who were, um, you know, they were, uh, you know, getting water from the San Pedro River um, and other nearby rivers. Um, and at that time, this area really was kind of an oasis in, in a sense. And so, um, and so you end up with situations like the, the, um, you know, the, the kill sites where, um, you know, thousands and thousands of bones, um, have been, um, you know, they were butchered, um, in order to, uh, feed, uh, ancient peoples, um, who, uh, um, either lived in this area or who traveled through this area. And when you, when you realize that, uh, sure, um, incorporated Sierra Vista has only existed since 1955, that's one thing. But when you think about, you know, um, you know, a hundred thousand years of, of prehistory, um, just in terms of, um, you know, um, things like, uh, um, ancient bison and, and, uh, and, uh, ancient horses and, and, uh, uh ancient, uh, mammoths, th things like that, um, you start to, you start to appreciate things, um, in a, a, a new light. And so I think it's important to, um, highlight the fact that we had, uh, you know, so much prehistoric life right here in this area and it's it's hard to see that sometimes because now when you um you when you're in this area you oh hummingbird capital of the united states which which of course is fantastic but we have large animals here as well and we don't 
really have so many of those large animals anymore. But it's uh, it's just uh, cool to appreciate the fact that we did have that uh, giant megafauna, and it was here in this area. It wasn't just in, you know, Tucson. It just it wasn't in just in uh, uh, Los Angeles um, at the La Brea Tar Pits. It was right here as well. That is so cool, and it's it's so cool to see kind of a window into our ancient history and kind of think about how our area uh, was actually kind of a big part of that, and how there was kind of a thriving community of people here even back then. Um, so I, I've enjoyed this a ton. Thank you both for taking time to talk to me today, um, and I, I hope people really do come out to enjoy this exhibit because it's a really kind of rare opportunity to look back at our own local ancient history in addition to see stuff from all over the world and just kind of get inspired to dig into fossils. So thank you both so much. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. That wraps up another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. We'll talk again soon. You're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. Take care, everybody.